All right. Welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Zach. I'm Brandon. We're playing Heroes of Storm at the same time, so hopefully the conversation will actually be a conversation and not like just a jumble of thoughts. <laughs> well, hey, well, I'm trying something new, semi-new. Uh, somebody's gonna cover that top one. That's be... I've only played this like the one other time besides this, and that was uh, nine months ago. Nine and I think, months ago. <laughs> yeah, nine months ago. I think we played with Brandon. Yeah. Do we play with Brian and we play with some other person? I think. We played with Brandon Watts, I think it was, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. I think... I'm not going to be able to look at the Twitch chat, though, unfortunately. So we're just going to have to do. People and their stun locks. So, are you getting excited for Final Fantasy 15? Uh, I am. I'm alternately horrified and excited. I'm oh, jeez. Sure <laughs> get out, get out, get out. You know, everything so far, people seem to be liking it. Like, I'm just not 100% sold on it yet. And I, I want to yeah. say I'm going to like it, but I don't, I just don't know. Like, well. it seems like it's just the amalgamation of a bunch of ideas they've had for like 10 years and they just kind of jammed it into a game because they had to have it finished. Do you think it's the heightened expectation thing that might be getting you to? Yeah, probably. I don't know if I'd say my expectations are heightened more so it's uh, I don't know how the game's going to turn out. Because like Hajime Tabata's previous games have been like eh. <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting, too. I think uh, Brian shared this in the Facebook group about how the narrative really isn't told from, like, the normal Final Fantasy standard. Like, it's more told through conversations with your party. Yeah, which is unusual, to say the least. It seems like they still want to hop on that MMO-type train. Well, it does have online co-op now. Now, that's... That is weird. Like, how does that work? But that's going to be DLC, so that's not going to be right away. Oh, okay. And I don't know, like, how far along that will be, like, later on. It's like, that is super Like, is that, is that late game DLC? Like, and how's it going to work? That would be cool regardless, I think. What do you think the themes are going to be of the game? You think it's going to be standard existential JRPG questions and all that stuff? Like friendship and road tripping. <laughs> yeah, that's the impression I'm getting. I have yeah. no idea if that's accurate. What I've it's heard is that the latter uh, half of the game is completely linear. Yeah, I think they said in an interview it gets to a point where I think you like take a train ride or something like that, and after there it just pretty much gets linear. I think you can still go back, but and then, like, newer area, everything gets more streamlined because they really want you to focus on the story yeah, at that point. Which is fine, as long as the story's good. I think I'm more worried about the whole action RPG thing because, uh, as you might know, listener of the podcast, I am not exactly the biggest fan of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I've heard that's what a lot of people compare the uh, the combat to. Yeah, which is, like, it's so iffy to me. I you know, I, I think the thing is Kingdom Hearts combat is mostly like 
press buttons a lot. I'm not sure if that's true uh, on higher uh, difficulties, and please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong with this, but, like, I don't want just want to, like, smash buttons and, like, <laughs> not do much of anything. I, I want there to be, like, something engaging happening. <laughs> Which is what oh. I'm kind of at with Star Ocean uh, right now. It's like, you're just waiting for something to happen. I'm just kind of wailing on buttons. I'm waiting for, like, some interesting combat to happen, but so far I haven't really seen it yet, which is kind of disappointing. I've had one battle where people died, and but like seven party members? I have no idea what's going on half the time. Oh, you have seven party members in that game? Jeez. Yeah. Seven party members all fighting at once in a very active setting. Hmm. Like, it's super confusing. Now, how would you compare that to the Tales games? Because... They're kind of button mashy. They can be, but there is a lot of nuance to the Tails combat. Like, it's consistent. I, every Tails game I played, the combat may have changed in like subtle ways, but generally speaking, it's pretty consistent. Well, the nice. Oh, geez. In controlled. Yeah. I guess controlled is more the. Like, yeah. seven people? I What? Like, what is happening? I think the thing I like about the Tails series is. The combat system can be as complex or as simple as you want it to be, and you can still succeed. Yeah. Like, you can sit there and think about how you want to string together attacks and be fine, or you could just sit there and be like, I want to do this, or now I want to do this, and not really have a method and still be fine. I think it's JRPG difficulty in general is what's problematic, like, because they can be really, like, lackadaisical with how they design it. Like, Tales games, not so much, because they have the adjustable difficulty level. Because I played most of Tales of Graces on Hard or uh, Chaos, I think. And it yeah. Was a pretty stiff challenge. Like it actually required me to know elemental resistances, uh, understand the game <laughs> on a fundamental level. But uh, I know, um, Graces. A lot of people, I think, like that combat system that they had in there. Yeah, it's kind of the mix of the SP and the kind of the active attack thing. I don't remember what the specific names of these systems are, so forgive me yeah, if I don't know. It's like the arts and the the mystic arts yeah, and the regular attacks. Like in Vesperio is a lot of like SP spamming. Yeah. You just have like a huge mana meter and you just hit it a lot. <laughs> yeah. You have your mana goes down, then you have to have your orange gels and all that good stuff. Oh, crap. The... The one in uh, Exilia was kind of fun because, you, you know, the ability of linking up with people and how that worked out. Uh, what is the Exilia one? Uh, I forgot what they named it. Oh, geez, he sucked me in. Um, you link up I, with people. I have not played it yet, and I feel like it's a shame because most people say it's, like, one of the better ones that came out recently. I still like uh, Vesperia. But Exilia's good. The second one, not so much. Is the second which, one like weird? I think just the way that they did the plot was just okay. It was really kind of weird on some points. They have a silent protagonist, which kind of really doesn't work. You get choices, but the person doesn't really talk at all. Oh, the lag. <laughs> the, the lag. The lag. And 
there's also a system in it because you like have this huge loan taken out because you get like, you know, injured and you have a medical bill and it's like some ridiculous amount of money. And then the story is sometimes locked behind having to pay it back. So what is this? The accountant's version of a tales game? Kind of, but it doesn't really take that much effort to get galled because you can just get galled and ridiculously crazy in that. (laughs) But it's still just like, okay, I have to go do a couple quests because I can't advance until I do this. But the first one I really liked, especially I only played it through once and you can play it through because uh, you get a character choice at the beginning. You can either play as Mila or Jude and it affects different cutscenes because you see it from different points of views. And then I think at one point or two, you split up and do different things. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's, I heard uh, it was good. I have no idea whether it is or not. That's, you know. But I say it is like the, f- the first one's really good. I I would I would check it out. I didn't did not like it as much as Grace's, which is probably my second favorite one. So you play Grace's all the way through, right? Yes. Did you play like the side the epilogue story thing? No, I need to. I started it, but yeah, I think I moved on to another Tales game by that point in time. I think I did the same thing. It's pretty long. It's like a whole like addendum yeah. to the game. Yeah. I really did like the story in Graces, though. I think all the stories are, you know, it was like Tales is just so consistent, right? Yeah. All the games, I would say at least all the games are good. They may not be great, but like all of them are good. Good is, is the right way. Would you agree? <laughs> All the ones that I've played, yes. I haven't beat many of them, but they are pretty consistent. You can see it's just like they do little changes and make them better, but there's none that's like really offensively bad. <laughs> none of them are offensively bad, at least as far as I would yeah. say. Even Zillia 2, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the reason why I got into them in the first place was the art style, and it looked pretty much just like playing an anime. And uh, I Beria is one of the ones that's actually fully voiced act for the most part. Yeah, well, it does kind of deliver on and the promise, right? Yeah, it's basically an anime game, like a whole series of an anime show. <laughs> yeah, and it's really nice. I think I put like sixty hours into Vesperia. That seems about right. When I was done with the main quest, I played it co-op. So, oh, nice. You, like you kind of just. They just sit there most of the time, so you fight a lot of battles if you want to play (laughs) co-op. Yeah, and some of the game-breaking bugs in that game is pretty funny. Like, if you look up how to really cheat and just use use Rita, and she, like, spams, like, some water attack, like, it's ridiculous. Because you can just sit there and stunlock enemies, and you can just keep spamming it over and over and over again. Yeah, I, I I like that Tales games feel controlled i guess is what i want to say i haven't played zestiria yet with the open world thing but i assume it feels pretty similar <laughs> to the other games yeah well exilia kind of did that too oh oh it does the same thing yeah kind of it's a little bit more open worldy you can go i'm trying to think now because like you saw me playing star ocean integrity and faithlessness oh goodness what a subtitle <laughs> i i did not actually get to watch it because uh, you were streaming while i was at work okay, today so if you watch it right it's yeah you walk around on the map you'll see enemies and then once you start the fight it immediately transitions to battle mode there's like no screen transition whatsoever so kind of like final fantasy 12 right 
yeah, but except this like transitions to like the traditional kind of uh, tails sort of fighting thing. So it kind of just like zones off an area, and then you just sit there and fight. Oh no, there's no zoning. It's it's. Uh, oh really? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so sometimes you end up in weird spaces where the camera doesn't quite know what to do. It just goes insane because <laughs> <laughs> you're way too close to a wall or something. And then there's like you have seven playable characters, so it gets a little nuts. Interesting. Do you control all seven, or you just control one? No, you just control the one. You can switch between them at any time. You can pause the game to use items or spells or whatever. So all that works out. Sounds like something I might give a shot. Give it a shot. Never know. Yeah, I, I would say get it real. It's really cheap, though. At least that'd be my opinion. <laughs> it just, I don't know. I would probably get into that more than some of the Final Fantasies just because I have a hard time with turn-based games. That's under, uh, understandable. I just have a hard time having them keep my attention. I think the thing with the Star I just feel sometimes it's I'm not in control of Star Ocean. At least this Star Ocean. Like, uh, I played The Last Hope before this. Yeah. It felt like I was in control of the battle and I knew what was happening because the camera kind of gave you a wide-angle view and you had four party members, right? You can yeah. Like, there's only so many things you can juggle real-time, if you get what I'm <laughs> saying. Now, Last Hope, that was the one that was on PlayStation 3 and 360, right? Yeah, that everyone hated for some reason. Well, didn't they release a better version for one of the consoles where it was like the European version or it had more content and it's it was the, better? the international version. The only real difference is that it has Japanese voiceover. Hmm. Which is, and then, you know, for me, I'm, I'm all for that. I, I really don't like listening to the English voices sometimes. And then... What was the one before that? Was that like till the end of time or whatever it was on PlayStation 2? Yeah, that one also has a mixed critical reception. Some people absolutely love that game, and then other people are like, oh, it's the worst. But everyone agrees the second uh, Star Ocean game is great. <laughs> That's unanimous? That is pretty much unanimous. I, I don't think there's a single person I know who would say otherwise. All right, I'm going to... What does the plot deal with in that stuff? I know you said something earlier about... Like Star Trek. It's basically Star in Trek. Space. Like, uh, most of the time you start out in a uh, ancient civil... You're playing like a medieval civilization, right? Yeah. Guy. And then uh, basically people from other planets visit, or people with advanced technology. You know how in Star Trek they're always worried about interacting with civilizations that don't have space travel or whatever? Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what it's called. I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but... That's Neither basically am I. what happens in most of those games is that uh, people, uh, civilizations of higher technology start coming into a planet that has lower technology and the implications of that. It's like a, you know, it's kind of a traditional sci-fi story. It's interesting because it's a Japanese perspective on it. Yeah. Well, a lot of JRPGs seem to just go over a lot of the same things. It takes people who are like the underdogs, the David and Goliath, existential questions, why are we here, yeah. what is all this about? And So that makes Star Ocean pretty unique in in terms of JRPGs anyway. So it doesn't really go through like that whole spiel that pretty much every other one does. Yeah, like at the beginning of this game, I expected like the the main character's home village to burn down and then he has to go on a grand adventure, to, but it didn't happen at all. 
<laughs> it's the weirdest paced first five hours of a JRPG I played in recent memory. Interesting. Like literally nobody was in danger. <laughs> there was no danger. Everybody was like, oh, you know. We're just oh, right they're coming after me. So do you see yourself com- continuing to play it? Yeah, I. I but it's I'm not oh. loving it. I guess is what I want to say. And I want to like it, but it's making it really hard. And the camera, the camera is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. Well, if you get a if you get a chance, I would recommend Zestereo. Yeah, I I think I got a copy recently. Oh, did did you finally get one? Yeah, yeah, I did. Because I know it was on sale recently. And uh, well, I didn't get it on PC. I bought it on PS4 for pretty cheap, so I'll have to mess around with it. It still works pretty good on PS4. Yeah, it's 30 frames per second, but whatever. The thing that I have to get used to in that, and it's really hard for me because sometimes the systems are kind of hard and convoluted, is I guess your level doesn't really matter in that game. It's more about your weapons and customizations. Oh, geez, get out of there. Huh. Well, that sounds like kind of an MMO uh, sort of Yeah, thing. it's all about your like fusing of the weapons and all that crap. And sometimes the systems aren't the greatest. All that crap. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes also, some that can seem about accurate. Yeah. Sometimes, ta- oh, sometimes yeah. taking a break doesn't really help. Oh yeah, goodness! I started up the Star Ocean yeah. today. I didn't even know where the heck I was supposed to be going. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> I was so confused. Mm-hmm. Well, because you know it's all these like made up names of places but they yeah they you know jrpgs really need a system where you start up the game and you know where you're supposed to be going yeah that's my problem with chrono trigger i've started that so many times but then i'll put it down and i'll boot it back up and i have no idea where to go yeah old games old games are like that but i uh, i think the intention with chrono cross is you keep playing it <laughs> yeah yeah i probably should just you, beat it's, it it's pretty short it's it's like the shortest jrpg i've played or one of them plus it's a classic you know everybody loves it yeah. except me i'm okay with it it's yeah not my and it favorite. references the bible does it i don't know i don't know i'm just throwing that out there because everyone okay. talked about that and i know you wrote like three articles about it yeah, the game theorist, whatever. <laughs> yeah. His videos are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> just going to come right out and just I'm say it? come out and say it. It's mostly baseless speculation and just like, who came up with this, you know? But that's what gets the YouTube hits. People saying stuff like that. Well, and to be honest with you, JRPGs were like pretty much reference every religion. <laughs> yeah, incessantly. Because they uh, they enjoy doing it. Yeah, Plus that's it, what they do. Yeah, it lends interesting things to it. I think uh, Final Fantasy is oh, oh, geez. a notable example, though. Yeah, especially, uh, I think, 10. 10's got a lot of uh, religious things in it, obviously, because yeah. you got the church and you got, you know, the main enemy is sin. So yeah. take that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, a lot of those are... Uh, the some kind of church is always the main problem. That's like a Japanese cultural thing, though. Yeah. The church is bad because reasons. 
Well, and usually a lot of the times, too, if you go through these things, it's not necessarily the church. They usually come out as people that are corrupted. Yeah, but it's hard to really make that distinction when you're talking about like Japanese games because they have this long yeah. history of uh, Christian missionaries coming in and them. And then yeah. like uh, Tokugawa was like, no, no more Christians. And then he's like, oh, you, know, you can just persecute them now. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, geez. They're, uh, they're really dominating that middle. I'm going to try a different lane. Yeah, try the top. Uh, defend our fort yeah. or whatever. But, uh, no, if you're interested in that kind of things, I would recommend the book Silence. I still haven't finished it yet, but... Oh, yeah, but what's that guy's Shin... What's his name's Endo? Shinsaku. Yeah, Shinsaku. Endo. Yeah. I can't really Google it right now, but... I think Martin Scorsese is supposed to make a film about this. Like, it's pretty intense, but it's an interesting read the way that it, it does things. I don't know how much is based off true stories or not. Probably but, a good deal of it. I mean, and the fact that it was written by a Japanese Catholic. It is based on a particular uh, time period, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if yeah. the story itself is true, but... During the uh, like Christian persecutions and during their missionaries and stuff down there. Yeah, because I'm pretty... You know, because I'm trying to remember. The guy's name is like... He started a Christian rebellion. His name is Amakusa Shiro Tokusada or something. I remember him because he's a character in Samurai Showdown. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, he's evil, obviously, because you know, yeah. Christians are evil. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting though because it made me want to look up more information about like the like that time of like when the Christian missionaries were like big over in the, like in the, uh, the Orient and everything like that. Yeah. It was a weird time. And, uh, they tried really hard. It, w it was up until they first, the Shogunate, the Tokugawa Shogunate was in power, <laughs> but, uh, that kind of lingering cultural heritage still is around like, Japanese, you know, because yeah. we're in America, right? We don't care about tradition all that much. Yeah. Right, so, and we don't have even that long of a history, like 200 years, somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> Too many guys. Yeah, only 200 years, so, but they have, like, thousands and thousands of years of history. And, uh, changes their perspective a lot. Yeah, and that's why I think when we look at these, well, like their output of stuff, we have to take it with like knowing that. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, it's definitely not going to reflect our values. Yeah, because it's not a Christian nation. It's like there's a lot more other things where history runs deeper. Ooh, and <laughs> and and just the influences that they have. It's just. But the cultural, like the culture is really, really fun and interesting to look at and learn. Dense. Which is where like sometimes you're wondering, why is there a scantily clawed woman in my party? And then you go, well, it's just Japan. Yeah. Like they're like, they don't really place that big of a deal on it. It's, it's just kind of there. Like <laughs> it's 
a lot of those games don't really emphasize it very much, which is like the strangest. I mean, there are some that do, like uh, yeah, basically anything published by Nipponichi or uh, Idea Factory. Yeah. But for the vast majority of them, it's like oh, it's just kind of there. Yeah, like people don't they don't get offended by by sex, yeah. pretty much. Of course, yeah, it's also should be said that like. JRPGs and video games in general are niche products in Japan, so it may or may not reflect general cultural mm-hmm. values. So, mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. Well, and uh, anime. Yeah, anime. Got the yes. Like anime doesn't necessarily reflect like Japanese culture necessarily. Yeah. Oh crap! I died. <laughs> oh. yeah, okay, and I need to get really out of there. Good. We're fighting the computer and we're still losing. (laughs) Uh, Well, they're all gang... Oh, geez. Yeah, they gang up. Yeah, no, they gang up a lot. I need to get out of here. I'm surprised I got out. Southern Temple. Sorry, podcast listeners. We're in the Yes. (laughs) I have died a lot playing this game. Mostly... Oh, geez, don't go out that way. (laughs) Mostly because I suck. But also because I'm talking, I'm just going to blame it on talking, even though that's probably not true. Yeah, probably not. But but it'll feel good. It's a good excuse. Yeah, yeah, it's a good excuse. But I will just outrightly say that I still just suck at the game. Yeah, games like Here's the Storm take a while to even figure out what you're doing. Now, uh, Zestiria is... I thought was interesting because they actually uh, take religion and it's almost like the forefront of the of the game. Like it's a really big part of the game. So comparatively speaking to other JRPGs, even that's that's kind of an accomplishment. Well, even yeah, and even just by other tale series, because you're a character who's called a shepherd, and there's all these churches in the land you got to try to restore them because there's all this malevolence that's taking over the land and you got to like purify like the, the areas and restore like the like the spirits who are over them they actually call them seraphim in the game huh my goodness yeah yeah like the oh geez yeah like your character like grows up with the seraphim because he can see him and he's a human, which is kind of weird. That's why I can do it. That's and strange sounding. Yeah. When I started playing, I was like, this is kind of weird <laughs> because I wasn't expecting that from them. Oh, well, does it go to the same place as other tales games go? It just has a more interesting setting. It goes there. I mean, it still has a lot of those same things, Things, you know, friendship, you know, everyone's from different backgrounds. Friendship is magic. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Which which is one thing I do like about those games is the taking of people from different backgrounds, but still striving towards a greater good. Yeah, which is a a cool theme. I mean, even other JRPGs really don't do it that great. Yeah. Tails is really, really consistent doing it over and over again. Yeah. Which you think that's what we would all want to strive for in real life anyways. You know, we want to respect everyone else and we all want to strive for a greater good. Yeah, you think. <laughs> whatever whatever that entails. 
And it's always got like the person who has different ideologies than you who ends up joining your party. Yeah, or some long lost friend. Yeah. So, oh geez. He hits hard. Hours ago. <laughs> yeah. They're chasing me. Yeah, they do that a lot in this game. Okay. I got out though. Got him. Yeah, I haven't played JRPG in a while, so it's just got me thinking yeah. here. I started getting back into it. I had put Tails down for a long time because I got involved in other things like Dark Souls and stuff like that. Yeah, Dark that, Souls, huh? Yeah, that'll do it. That's, yeah, that's that, kind of a JRPG. But not yeah, really. well, it's RPG made in Japan. I mean, I guess it's a JRPG if we want to go with that. I guess it counts. Man, I really like that series. Yeah, man. From Software <laughs> did a really good job, but I don't know. The formula's getting stale for me. I still want to go back and play it, though. I'm s still ready to pick up the DLC. Yeah, it feels substantially different playing at co-op, though. I will say that much. Oh, yeah. Like I, it, uh, It's not like a difficult game when you're playing at co-op, but it's it becomes like more of an MMO. It is fun. I, I'd like them to try to do that more and balance it. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. There are co-op areas in like Dark Souls 2 that are technically balanced, but not really. I mean, balance is really a strong <laughs> word to describe them that way. Yeah. I took the wrong talent. Oh, no, that's what you get for talking, Zach. Yeah. Oh, guess we won. Nice. Hooray. <laughs> no, I still actually want to go through two and do the DLC for two. And I still need to play one. Yeah. The DLC has specific co-op areas, which are terrible to play by yourself in just about every way you could possibly yeah. imagine. Well, if you ever get back up to the DLC... Let me know. That would be like my third time playing through Dark Souls 2. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, I can see myself tiring of the game, but I could always still see myself going back and playing it like every couple months and doing something and then putting it back down. Yeah, it's... I do like them. I just... I gotta play different games, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why I'm happy. Like, I'm done with it. And it felt like a weight off my shoulders, and I was able to move on to different things now. Yeah. All right, I'm going to play this guy. I don't know what he plays like or anything, <laughs> but I know I like yeah. him. I was able to move on to happier games, so to speak. Happier games, yeah. Happier stuff. Though I will say... Like Blaze <laughs> Some people think Dark Souls is like... An, oh, excuse me. Like an oppressive, like just dark game when really it's it's not that bad it's a very happy game at least in my opinion <laughs> you know for being a game called dark souls they actually do outline people having hope a lot in that game yeah well because that's part of the theme right and that's yeah. why the game is designed like it is is the offer the hope of eventual victory yeah also i've been trying to think about it. we can just talk about it now like the lore and Dark Souls and trying to like study that is a lot like studying the Bible, I feel, sometimes. Dense. It's dense and it wraps back around and when stuff makes sense, it's like, 
wow, that makes so much more sense now. Of course, uh, it could just be that we're inserting meaning into something that doesn't actually have any. Yeah, could. Goodness, I have no idea how to play this character. I don't even know what I'm playing with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, you know, like when you, yeah, uh, I don't know how much happens to you now. But like you'll read the Bible and you'll do stuff and you'll do some studying and then you'll find something else later on in a different passage that will relate back and then it makes everything make more sense. Could you say that again? I'm, I'm like trying to read this. Uh, thing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you know, like when you're cool, but I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Are you the prancing one? No, that's not you. But okay. Where was it? Anyways. Oh, geez. Like when you're reading the Bible and you read a passage, say like in the Old Testament or something like that. Yeah. And then like later on in the New Testament, something's like explained or it makes more sense or you read a commentary and you're like, oh, okay, I get this now. And it's like when you look at the lore in Dark Souls, you find like a an item or whatever if you actually want to take the time to read it. And then you find something else later like, oh, okay. This makes more sense, and I understand this more. That's kind of just like how it happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you could think of it that way. That's well, happened with me like a lot over probably the past year is just understanding things more. Be like, oh, this is what they're talking about in the Bible. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, just like any learned activity. It takes yeah. a while to figure out what you're doing. It does. Like, I think it started blowing my mind when... uh when they start talking about like false teachers and everything and you know you sit there and you want to put that in the perspective like okay they're talking about like bad preachers blah blah and all stuff and then it's like well back in these days the gnostics were a really bad issue in the churches of israel was it in the uh do they mention the, them in the new testament they don't they don't mention them but that's what, like if you go look up like a lot of the commentaries about what was going on like that was like a big issue i, I guess back in the day is the Gnostics were sitting in there like talking to them. I think cause they were the ones who were saying like Jesus didn't come in the flesh and all that stuff. Huh, okay. Don't quote me 100% on that. Yeah. There's just so many Christian heresies, early ones. Well, heresies <laughs> is now kind of a strong word, but <laughs> in general. Yeah. But it makes a lot of the New Testament even still make more sense when you hear things like that. Be like, okay, here's what was going on and what they were trying to warn against. Whoa. Yeah, well, the interesting part to me Oz, is that Jesus is actually a Pharisee and it's that confuses people a lot. <laughs> he, he was? Yeah. Well, if you want to think of it that way, yes. He would, based on what he taught and believed he would look like one because uh the distinction in the bible between pharisees and sadducees is not actually told to the reader because it's assumed so like yeah. uh, uh does it a lot of it have to deal with the resurrection yes pharisees believe in the resurrection of the physical human body and the uh sadducees do not so it's a pretty big difference yeah yeah, yeah, that is a big difference. Is that why they preach a lot about the resurrection then in yeah, the yeah. the New Testament then? But of course, there are other problems with the Pharisee teachings, which are 
you know, Jesus is always talking about, but that's the, <laughs> that's the the one he does agree with them on that. Because which were the one, or was it both of them who would stand out in the streets and do like all their vain prayers and everything like that, or was that just one of the groups? No, that's a uh, that's uh, Jewish people who are part of their Jewish religion in general. We're still doing that, so. Hmm. You know, here's a weird, weird, random theological question. I guess I um, wouldn't really say theological. Weird, random. <laughs> well, no, just a okay. Should you pray over your food in public, or is that kind of like just praying in public and drawing attention to yourself? Uh, I would say it's the kind of drawing attention to yourself thing. Depends on like how open and public we're talking here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you are. Like if we're talking about like. Let's all hold hands and then scream at the top of our lungs, sort of thing. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. Then I would say, yeah, probably too much. Probably too much. <laughs> Man, what is this character? I don't understand this character. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, four on one. Uh, you can't. Win. Yeah, four. On, yeah, <laughs> I was. I was getting out of there. I was trying. To, I was already low on health, anyways, when I was there. So. Yeah, I don't oh, think no. You win that four on one. It's not going to happen. No. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. Hmm. I wonder what people think about public prayer then. Like when people come together for like big public prayer things. It can be super awkward. I'll say that much. At least I find it super awkward. Hmm. But, oh, what is that? What's going on up there? Something important is happening. Then it makes you uh, wonder because then, you know, people's arguments, or I'm sure this might be people's arguments. I'm not saying everyone would say this, but that, you know, you're afraid to like show your faith if you're not like willing to do stuff like that. These is that a bill? Saying half the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, so a bunch of people will get to overhear you praying to a God they may or may not believe in, right? It's, Kind of awkward and inconsiderate. That's how I like to think of it. Come on, people. Maybe I'm incorrect about this, but uh, that's, yeah. that's my the impression I get. Oh. And everyone's open to their opinion, and we should respect yeah. that. Uh, we'll do this. If you're in public, you, you don't have to make a, a scene of it, I guess. Yeah. Because I think that was like the thing in the Bible, right? It's like, hey, you know, don't, don't draw attention to yourselves. Yeah, you don't have to. But, you know, Christians don't like to be the center of attention, right? Yeah. I don't know ex I don't know exactly what the scripture says about it, but it's like, oh. yeah, you just don't want to. Oh, geez. Well, it does say they're, they're loading go in. Go into your closet and pray. Yeah. Which clause? I, I don't know if they mean closet or that was the original translation, but pretty much just going to a private place and pray. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the kind of place it matters too much. No, go into your prayer room, <laughs> your war room. I can just hear my wife laughing in the other room because I made a Christian movie joke. <laughs> Christian movie <laughs> joke. Oh yeah, oh yeah, war room. I did, I did not <laughs> yeah. do that. Look, uh, ten seconds after it would have been written, yeah. 
That's okay. Which I haven't seen. No, I haven't either. Christian movies are... Yeah, I have not seen any Christian movies like that. Except for The Passion. And they're making The Passion 2. The Passion 2, I know. It's kind of the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Why is there a sequel? He can only resurrect once. I was going to say, you think you could come up with another name for it besides The Passion 2? The Passion... uh, Well, you know, brand naming, right? Yeah. Now... I have a feeling it'll probably be good considering I really, you know, I like the first one. I like the first one for what it was. I mean, yeah, it's a a horrific death. (laughs) It is, but I think it helps put it into perspective a little bit because you can only, you know, you can hear about it and you can visualize it. But when you actually see something played out, Oh geez, he's right there. Yeah. Of course there is a lot of the weird, uh, you know, kind of Catholic Jesus things going on there, too. Oh, is there? Yeah, like, uh, you know, Judas running around, and then, like, Garden of Gethsemane, like, Satan appearing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some, like, really weird stuff in it. Oh, goodness, I'm just trying to run away and not die. <laughs> See, now I just need to watch... Oh, j- Sometimes the characters don't load right when I want them to. See, now I just need to watch the Christian horror movie, The Remaining, which I found out my mother-in-law has seen. That was kind of weird finding that out. <laughs> Did she think it was good? No, she, she said it was scary. We were talking about how she didn't like horror movies, and she's like, yeah, that's about scary. Yeah, and the people left on Earth. Okay, that's... There are so many rapture movies that just like it don't phase me no more. I think it's done by a guy who's doing a Amityville horror movie right now too. That is even weirder. Amityville, so, horror. you know, horror movies not my thing. Yeah, How do you make I hear a horror you. movie about the resurrection though, or the, the about the resurrection. Yeah, no, not, not the, the rapture. The rapture. You know, well, technically, it is a bunch of resurrections. Yeah. Well, go and uh, Google it or Wikipedia it, and then you'll be able to see what happens. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> you, because if you're not a not a horror movie fan, you probably won't watch it. Just gonna be my guess. Then again, I'm not a horror movie fan either. They scare me. They yeah. do their job. They startle me. I don't like being startled. Yeah. My wife's the same way. She talks about how horror is not really that big of a thing. She just doesn't like jump scares and she thinks they're cheap. <laughs> so she'd rather like true horror, like the existential implications of some horrific yeah. thing. Like, I don't know, mind body problem. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. She doesn't really like the stuff anyways, just cause of gore. But let's think of a good example. Uh, Okay, some people consider like The Last of Us uh, a horror movie or a horror game. Sorry, like a survival horror. I don't consider it. I consider it like more suspenseful, but she likes the way that that's done because it's not really all jump scare and just the way that it phrases everything. Instead of like saying like, you know, playing Doom, oh, you're going to open up a or you're going to get the shard here and something's going to jump out of this closet and attack you. Which is just cheap. 
No, don't suck me back in. Is there a healing thing? That's it. I'm hearthing. <laughs> I need to try not to die. I just I just don't enjoy the experience of watching horror films. I just some you just don't need that imagery in your head. Yeah. That's just me though. Nope. I understand you. I think like the last real horror movie I watched. <sighs> now I'm trying to think. I know the Nightmare on Elm Street remake would be up there. Why would you watch that? Then, I went, then, then you go to sleep. <laughs> I went I, I went to watch it in the theaters with a couple of friends. I'm sure they enjoyed it. They they did. I think they liked it. Me, not so much because yeah, after watching that stuff, even though like you know it's not real, that's a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't watch horror movies. It just doesn't work yeah. for me. That's one of the reasons why I don't play horror games. <laughs> Bally. Who's Bally? Oh, Because That's you. Because so, some, yeah. Who's, who's talking to me? Uh, the uh, join the others. Where Where's the others? Up top? Yeah, the Abathur guy. Okay. See, tell him sorry for not paying attention. We're podcasting. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with us. <laughs> it's like, for some reason, I still want to really play the evil within. Just because it looks good, I hear it's good. It Whoa. looks like Resident Evil Four meets The Last of Us. But my guy just looks... one shotted one of oh, the really? heroes. Holy crap! Oh, nice. <laughs> well, it's a skill shot, so I suppose that should be that powerful. Yeah, The Last of Us, I don't think, is really a horror game, is it? No. The Last of Us, no. I don't think so. Kind of, sort of? I just think it's more of like a a suspense game. A suspense game? It's like a suspense movie. Like, it's just... I don't really consider it scary. I don't consider it horror. Now, The Evil Within, that's definitely horror. <laughs> Will I ever play it? I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence about it. Uh, the Evil Within, I want to play it, but I just have a feeling I'm not going to enjoy it. Like well, if you, is, uh, yeah. if you don't like intenseness, like probably the whole game, then you're not going to want to play that. Yeah. And I heard the game's difficult. I think my friend, I'm, I can't remember the exact number, but he died a lot in that game. Well, I like RE4 because it's like more camp than it is like horror. So are you enjoying Resident Evil 4 or do you still kind of find it overwhelming oh, at times? No, I, I like it now. I mean, comparatively speaking, it's really cool now <laughs> compared to like yeah. Evil Within or something. Yeah. Well, because I know you said that was like for a while, like your scariest game that you've played. Because it was just so, because it was so intense, you say. Yeah, it, it was intense at one point in my life. But now it's like, eh, after you yeah. get used to it, that's the thing. Like, games that are scary, quote unquote, mostly yeah. it comes down to like familiarity with what's happening to you. Yeah. The more it can keep you on edge, the greater fear you will feel. Yeah. 
I don't know. Sometimes it's not really fear. Like in Resident Evil's case, it definitely was not. Yeah. It's just it's more like unfamiliarity with how the game actually plays. Oh, that's why I can uh, right, I can play Resident Evil just because it is camp. It's like the the realm of like fake reality that it's in is a lot different. Yeah, like fake reality for sure. Yeah, yeah, like watch us play Resident Evil Five and Six, and yeah, it's not scary at all, and it's just so absurd and funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's when they were doing the action movie thing. That's barely even what I'd consider yeah. to be like survival horror at all. No. But like even going back now and playing like one and two, like after seeing what's come out since then, like those games are just okay. Here's a zombie. Ooh boy. <laughs> ooh boy zombies. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, the original Resident Evil is pretty is pretty good at it, but you know a lot of the the horror of that game comes more from the mechanics than it does from the uh, actual survival horror things. Yeah. Would be traditionally considered survival horror. Yeah. Be like, oh man. It's- it's like playing with a controller on your butt because it just handles awful. But some people like tank controls. Tank controls are cool. They're not bad. They're meant to solve a problem. They're not just there arbitrarily. Tell you what, though. Probably adding the quick turn was probably one of the better things that they did for the game, though. Probably. Oh, goodness. I'm so going to die right now. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, All the right. quick turn probably helps, but I think in the original game, the quick turn probably is kind of a cheat. Yeah, it'd probably be a overkill. It's like when they added first-person shooting to Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. Yeah, it was, it was like, it, no, it doesn't work. Totally unbalances yep. the game. It's not meant to be played that way. But I still really like Twin Snakes. It's still a lot Matrix of fun. Matrix cool cutscenes. Uh, that was actually the first time I, I, I still haven't beat the original Metal Gear Solid. What? Just just that one. I'd almost recommend you like beat the Twin Snakes version. <laughs> I did beat the Twin Snakes version. I haven't beat like the original PlayStation one. There are parts of the original PlayStation one that are terrible. So I don't know if they fixed all of them, but yeah. like uh, I will one part where you're climbing a tower and you need like a certain number of chest oh, yeah. grenades to make it. Bump. Yep, it's the tower with all the the guns and everything like that. Oh, man. Is it just as bad in Twin Snakes? It's because it's really Oh, yeah. Bad. It's still there. <laughs> oh, it's bad. But you can shoot them in first person and disable them. See, like, that's okay, right? That's cool. I'm okay with that. But there are other parts of the game where you're not, you're not supposed to be aiming in first person, and that really screws the game up. Yeah. Actually... If we want to like kind of take this a little bit further, I've actually never beat uh, a Metal Gear Solid game with the original camera angles that they use. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna Snake get destroyed. Eater has a non-original camera angle. Uh, well, Snake Eater originally had the like you know the the fixed camera angles and everything like that, and then they came out the subsistence or substance version, whichever it's called. I can't remember because. Metal Gear Solid 2 had one where you could control the camera. It was like the first one to have, I think, like the third person controlled view. Oh, okay. That's what you mean. I guess that's not true. I beat two, Metal Gear Solid 2, and that has the uh, the locked camera angles. Uh, Metal Gear yeah, Solid good job. Is, yeah, all of Metal There's no different version of MGS2. 
Other uh, the, yeah, yeah, substance technically is different, but not really. It gives you the VR stuff, I think, in it. Yeah, Isn't that the biggest thing? It doesn't really change the game itself very much. Yeah. No. Not like the third one, but when they changed the camera angle, like the third one, I wouldn't say it got like really, really easy, but it was still fun, and I thought it was probably for the better. Yeah, probably. Yeah, just the original MGS is a good game, but I'm not sure. Like, there are just parts of it that are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's my well, that game came out in what, 1998? Yeah. For the time, it was great, though. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think I just remember just having problems with it because I was a little, like, I was maybe a teenager or close to it when I first played it. And that was kind of a hard game. Back then, I was like, okay, whatever. And I tried a couple times. And then even Twin Snakes I picked up before. And I put it down. And I had to pick it up again to actually get through it and realize, hey, I really like this game. Which one is this again? Twin Snakes. Okay, Twin Snakes. Do you own Twin Snakes still? Yes. Okay. Well, I couldn't find a copy for anything that came close to a reasonable price. So that's why I don't have it. Yep, I own once I got it because that was one of my favorite games. What are your favorites? Still? Did you finish it? Oh yeah. I've beat that game a couple times. It's just weird to hear someone say they like the twin snakes so much. <laughs> the, the, there was a there was one day I think I was like I wanted to do something, so I decided to play through Twin Snakes all in one day. <laughs> So I did. It's all, how long is it? Like four? I think like six to eight hours sometimes. Yeah, six to eight hours, but I think I beat it in under six. Yeah. I think. Just because, you know, I already knew what to do, blah, blah, and all that stuff. Blah, blah. But, yeah, if, if you ever get a chance to get a copy, because have you, have you played it? I have not played Twin Snakes. It's like 30 bucks on eBay. I'm just reluctant to buy it just to yeah. be like a... Slightly different version of the same game. Yeah. I, I really played MGS, the original MGS in like 2014, so. Yeah. I still thought it was good. There you go. There's my recommendation. I gave it like a 4 out of uh, 5. I have a pretty exhaustive review uh, on Theology uh, Gaming about it. I do have a. I just bought a copy again of the first Metal Gear Solid for like $8 earlier this year, so. I plan on going through and playing it because I feel I should. Well, it's fun to watch. It's fun to play. It's even now. It's very arcadey, I guess. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that kind of breaks the game that, well, some people say, is you get a tranquilizer gun in that one in Twin Snakes. Oh. Because I don't think in the first one there's a tranquilizer gun. Oh, yeah, there is no there is no trank gun in the original. Yeah, so you can get a trank gun. Wow, that's like totally from two. <laughs> Oh geez, they're all here. The original game, it's a lot like uh, the other Metal Gear games, top-down perspective, all that sort of thing. Yeah, they're all up here. I'm gonna try a different lane. And I'm one of the weird people that actually like Metal Gear Solid for the craziness of the story and was sad 
with the direction that they took the game. Did you play through MGS four? Yeah. So, really? Like you watched all the cutscenes? Oh yeah. I took a I took vacation from work when that game came out. I bought a new TV and I took a week off work to okay, beat the well, game. Well, you know, you took a week off, so I, I suppose that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I think. Uh, This was a while ago, but this is what I want to remember. I think I went and I beat the game, and when I beat it, I actually had something to do, so I had to turn the game off because the last cutscene really is like almost an hour long. Yeah, it goes on forever. Yeah, and then I had to come back and redo. Yeah, but I had to be gone for like a couple hours, (laughs) I think. It was like, I don't know what I was doing, but I came back and watched it again. Did you play through all of it? No. <laughs> There's actually I've played through MGS one and MGS two and MGS five. Those are that's it. That's it. Y- you haven't played Snake Eater? Uh, I started it and then I stopped and then I uh, have started MGS four and then stopped. Uh, eventually, I'm gonna get it. Just yeah, yeah. I'd say play through three, four is really good. I really do like it, even if it is just fan service and just. Yeah, you know, just, story. It's just endless fan service. It is, especially like I don't know if I should say things. I don't really know how much is considered spoilers now on a like almost ten year old game. Oh, you know, you spoil it. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, like when just you go say, back to just say MGS four spoilers. Yeah. MGS four spoilers. Like when you go back to Shadow <laughs> Moses, there's just something about it that's just. Yeah, that part's fun. pretty cool. And the way that the. Uh, like the boss battles actually mirror some of the boss battles throughout the series is fun too. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of them do. Cause you got one of the Beauty and the Beast core who's like almost Psycho Mantis like. Then you got the one who's like Sniper Wolf, and it's just so fun. I think there's one chapter though, which is a really interesting one. It's like Act Three, where I think you only play for like. 20 minutes and the rest is all cutscenes that you get to yeah there's not much the thing about mgs4 is that there's like not much playing yeah there's a lot of watching which is unusual which i was all for i could see why you could be for that but as as a game it has like hatred of the player yeah (laughs) It doesn't want you to play it. It's like, no, stop playing me. I hate you. Yeah. It's just kind of unusual for a video game to do that. And then then that's when everything changed. That's when the Fire Nation attacked and everything changed. The Fire Nation? Yeah, I had to go all Avatar on it. But <laughs> I don't know. that was my problem with 5 is that it wasn't like that. Because I do like the long cut scenes. I like the... You know, I like the straight story, like the linearness. And then five, you know, is good. It's fun, but I'm not a big fan of the open world stuff. Uh, I I can't believe you don't like five. Five is like the most fun. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying I just like it's I don't fun. like it. <laughs> it's it's fun, and it's like the best playing Metal Gear Solid game. But it's not what I want from a Metal Gear Solid game, which is like craziness. Yes. I can understand it. It does it does yeah. get crazy. It just yeah. has a lot I, more political commentary on top of yeah. it, which is fine. As a 
as a game, like say if it was just any game, we're not looking at the title as a game it is really fun and it succeeds really well at what it wants to do. Yeah. Which but as a be <laughs> interesting, it's yeah. like an interesting experiment. That's probably the best like open world game I've played. Yeah. Which is sort of sad. <laughs> yeah. But as a Metal Gear Solid game, I rank it lower just because it's not what I want. I think it's what Kojima wanted, though. Yes. <laughs> I think that was my other issues. Like, I understand why people wanted to go like a more serious tone and have like all these like backgrounds and metas, like all that stuff. I get it. But I also just wanted crazy stuff that just made no sense. <laughs> you want crazy Whoa. stuff. Like that just like I didn't need it to be so serious. Oh yeah, all oh, the ground zeros part is really serious, but it it's pretty goofy. Yeah. A lot of the rest of the game is pretty goofy. Yeah, when I heard some of the stuff about ground zeros, which I haven't played, I was like, why? Like why did they have to do stuff like this or hint at some of these things? Yeah, there was a big hoopla about that, but it, it like it ends up being a really small part of the entire game. Yeah. Cause I know when I heard that, I kind of like just shied away from him. Like, okay, I'm like, I don't really need to play this one. It's like a thirty dollar demo, so I'm okay with that. We're not paying that right now. Oh no, you should you should play it before you play the the game proper though. So, like, it gives context, especially oh, if you our, played uh, Peace Walker, which is now really part of the Metal Gear. Game. Yeah, I I know what happens just because I read up enough about it and watched enough videos on it. And I know the part that I didn't really care for. Like, the only reason you find out about that is at the end and, like, through weird video or audio logs that you don't have to listen to. Yeah. No, no, you should, though. You know, it's <laughs> it's just a different storytelling method. It's a lot more like a listening to a radio drama while you're playing yeah. a video game, which is actually kind of cool because that's what I do when mm. I'm playing Blizzard games sometimes. I just... Mm. Kind of like zone out and play the game and yeah. listen to like a podcast or something. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, some of those make you feel uncomfortable, like, like pretty uncomfortable with what they're like in the video. As you're like, you're just randomly walking around the map doing stuff, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like listening to what's going on in the in the video log, and you're like, I'm like, what the heck are they doing? Oh, yeah. No, no, it, it is. But a lot of it's more like just conversations. Stuff you yeah. expect from a the MGS yeah. dialogue you would expect yeah. is there. It's just yeah. it's hidden behind <laughs> these audio dialogue. Yeah. Things. Yeah. It's mostly just the stuff with Paz and Chico and everything that get all kind of weird. And, you know, yeah. you might Mess if you have issues with some of those things, like you might just want to stay away from getting too deep into those <laughs> yeah well there are a lot of like weird things that are already in oh. metal gear like i'll just note one what was it like uh hal and his like sister it's like oh yeah creepy things happening well well yeah because he had relations with her mother and that was his dad's wife and like that's messed up <laughs> yeah and i think his dad killed himself or someone killed himself yeah it got pretty weird and this is also coming from a game where they have someone who poops himself like every game <laughs> you know there's a lot of weird things in metal gear okay yeah like the fact that there's a you know the bomb thing who knows yeah yeah even though that's there it's 
Yeah. I'm just not that offended by it, I guess. <laughs> Mostly because it's told the same way by implication. It's not like shown to you yeah. on the screen. It's not shown you. It's implied. I think it's even like it might be implied, but not might not have actually been that way. But when I heard that, I was like, I'm like, like, where did this come from? And like, why did Metal Gear need to go this way? Well, remember, the main theme of MGS uh, 5 is taboo. <laughs> remember yeah. when and, they had those theme words? Uh, like, Oh, geez. That was like, what, what is he talking about? <laughs> is that how well, stories are supposed to be told? Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> that. And uh, the, the other big theme was revenge. Yeah, revenge. It is a big theme. Now, I get the whole reason. I mean, I guess that would sound hypocritical where I get it from a storytelling perspective of why you put all this bad stuff in there, because it helps. There's got to be motivation, uh, you know. Yeah, it it helps establish like the bad guy and it really makes you dislike the bad guy. And then later you actually kind of like the bad guy because he actually has a justifiable reason for not doing that. Yeah, it's. It gets oh, really comp- your feelings about it get really complicated real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they there's implications to being like a bad person in the game where the piece of shrapnel and snake's head just grows if you keep doing bad stuff. Oh, oh yeah, I guess it does. You have to do a lot of bad things for that to happen, though. I yeah. definitely did not get there. I mean, you can do some bad stuff. But if you punch your people on mother base, their morale goes up. Well, they, you know, they're training with the big boss. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there's any other workplaces where if you walk around and you hit people, <laughs> their morale goes up. Probably not. <laughs> That's probably a, you're going into HR for stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, well, I will get back to it at some base. point, though. Yeah. The mother, base mother stuff base. And, the mother base stuff annoys me. Yeah, well, if you didn't play Peace Walker, right? I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's basically the same game. It's just a more polished yeah. version. Yeah. The thing that I don't like about the Mother Base is I don't like it being tied behind real time. And on that, that's a reasonable criticism, I think. Well, because you you know it makes you wait a couple hours for upgrades, but uh, yeah, it, it assumes you're going to do more missions, so it's not like a huge deal. Yeah, but I will get back to it now that I know it's not the the Metal Gear game I wanted, and I can just go and play it from a game perspective. Like I will probably enjoy it a little bit more now that my initial feelings are. Res- yeah, fixed. I just needed I just needed time to give it to breathe. I was liking the interactions with uh, Quiet and everything. Yeah, I do like not I, distracted by her outfit. No, I mean it is what it is. I mean I th- think I haven't gotten to the point in the story, but I think the reasonings are kind of weird. And like that's well, just weird. It has a lot to do with the the main reasons why the things are even happening in the first place. So yeah. it's it's a very strange story. <laughs> but I think it does a good job of seeing like the way that she's treated and the things that she goes through. It makes you f- feel. Is it empathy? Is that the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I don't know. I can't Google right now. Uh, yeah, I need to live. <laughs> well, actually, I can Google right now because 
I'm waiting to respawn. Oh, you're you'll be resurrected in three, two, one. <laughs> okay, the ability to share feelings. Okay, yes, you can empathize with Kwai when you see like a lot of the things she goes through. <laughs> yeah, it, like everybody has a horrible backstory. That's pretty much par for the course for this game. <laughs> yeah. Bad things happen to people. No, I'll say if you get a chance at any point in time, though, go and play three because three is fantastic. I know I gotta. It's kind of the game I know I'm gonna enjoy the most because yeah. the James Bond thing. Oh yeah, it is the best James Bond story. In a video. That's right. Probably the only good one <laughs> that exists. It is, it is great. Because James Bond games are like <laughs> crap. <laughs> it well, it also has the majority yeah. of them anyway. Yeah. It also has one of the best female characters in video games and the boss. Oh yeah, yeah, the boss. Like I know the whole plot of the MGS thing, so there's no real spoilers. But, yeah. But the games themselves are still worth playing. And the fact that a lot of people in what is it? In three end up being like components later on in the series and how it links up, it's like, oh, Okay, that makes sense now. Continuity. Even though I'm sure they broke it a lot. How long have we been podcasting? Podcasting for about 75 minutes. I was going to say, it seems like it's getting kind of long. All right, I'm trying to think if we can play one more game. Sure. Uh, I might need to get off here because I have to get go, off, go to work in the morning. I'm just going to stop it right there. Then. Yeah. But this has been a fun time. Hooray. Yeah. Heroes of the podcast. Heroes <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how everyone's going to react to this one, but hey, we tried something new. Well, we needed a podcast too. It's been like yeah. a month and a half or it just feels that way. Next time we'll be a little more coordinated. You know, yeah. things just go crazy. But Maybe next time we'll try playing a different game where not so heavily action based. Maybe yeah. see if we can get some interactions in there. Something like Panzer Medals or something. I got it. I can stream it. But. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I actually have to. We might have to monitor some things, though. Yeah. Certain fact. Well. And schedule things. Schedule well, I'm just talking about there's not really nudity in the game, but it can get kind of vulgar. Oh, no. <laughs> it, well, there's a drill sergeant in there that pretty much is like the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. Okay. At some points, but everything else like really isn't that bad. But he'll say some things, and yeah, yeah, he'll toss out some f bombs and everything like that every now and then. Well, you know, I I played Fury and Fury had swear words in it too. So yeah, that's okay. He, he did. Oh, what was it? He said something about the. Yeah. Oh, he said something re religious or something like that, and uh, the the drill sergeant did. And I was like, what, did he just say that? I'm like, oh, okay, now I, know, now I know not to choose this option. <laughs> but who, I think I was trying to date the German tank in that. <laughs> the German. <laughs> the German tank. Is that the Panzer? Yeah, the pan Panzer. Yeah. The Panzer. I, will, I will say it's funny because they actually have, like, okay, so World War II tanks and everything. 
The different tanks actually have kind of grudges against each other. That is weird. It is weird, but, but it is ridiculously funny. And I don't know if it's as weird as uh, dating pigeons, but it's up there. Not as weird as dating pigeons, but up there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is dating tanks. I don't even know how I did this past game. How did I do? You're going to have to find a, a game that's probably more suitable to podcast purposes. Yes. Podcast the game. Yeah, something. Yeah. You know, you didn't you didn't die all last game. I did. You do pretty No. I did pretty decent, I guess. Yeah. Well, considering yeah. I had no idea how to play the character at all. <laughs> yeah. He's fun, this Alan guy, pretty... but I just don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Huh. For some reason I guess I did a lot of decent amount of siege damage. <laughs> siege damage, yeah. Yeah. Even though you're an assassin, you're supposed to kill enemy heroes. <laughs> well, that's because they were too busy killing me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work to get used to playing this. So. Yeah. So, anyways, what a fun podcast. I had fun. All right. Well, this has been Theology Gaming Podcast. Uh, so shameless self-promotion. We don't really do TheologyGaming.com much anymore, so you should go to our Twitch page at TwitchTV slash theology gaming we stream pretty regularly now don't we oh uh, yeah people have been getting on there assuming you heard this on the podcast then go to the yes. twitch thing we stream a lot plus there's yeah. archives of stuff we've streamed in the past yeah and right now it's pretty much all just random streams we may streamline it in the future we may just come on and be like hey we're gonna play this yeah. but right now it's just all random streams yeah and hopefully Brandon will stream. what will i do Uh -oh. enough. No, I do need to I do need to stream more and I will get back on that. I just need to find the right game to stream, you know, one that doesn't have blocked cutscenes. Yeah, and one where you can actually look at Twitch chat, which helps. Yeah. Like I don't have a dual monitor set up for heroes, so I'm like flying blind here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought about maybe Fallout, but I'm not really sure. Um Dark yeah. Souls is always an easy one to stream that is always really easy we'll have to think about this or you can send us suggestions on our facebook group which is theology gaming just call yes. it theology gaming and uh join and talk about christianity and yeah. video games and stuff because that's all yes that's really all we do yeah pretty much but it's a fun time yeah it's a fun time yeah fun times and tg fun time all right, well, this has been the Theology Game Podcast. Thank you, Brandon, for joining me, and hopefully we'll have more guests on next time. Next time. Yeah, maybe Josh will make it. Yeah, maybe mm, Josh. Mm, Josh. <laughs> All right, we're tired. All right, well, yeah, we're tired. Bye, guys. Yeah, bye.